Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Well, once upon a time, there was an old man who lived on the outskirts of a town. He had lived there so long that no one really knew who he was or where he had come from. Some thought that in the past he had been a very powerful king, but that was many, many years ago. Others suggested that he was once famous and rich and generous, but he had lost everything. Still others said that he was once very wise and influential. Well, there were some who said that he was holy. The children, however, in the town, well, they thought that this was an old stupid man and they made his life miserable. They would throw stones at his windows or they would leave dead animals on his front porch. They would destroy his garden, yell nasty words at him at, at every opportunity. Then one day, one of the older boys came up, came up with an idea to prove once and for all that those who thought he was a former king or rich or famous and generous wise and influential, and most especially those who considered him holy, were all completely wrong. No, he was just a stupid old man. And the boy knew how to catch a bird in a snare, and he told his friends that he would catch a bird, and together they would go to the old man's home and knock on the door. Well, when the man would answer, the boy would ask, Old man, do you know what I have hidden behind my back? Now, he might guess that it is a bird, but with the second question I'll get him, I will ask him if the bird is alive or dead. If he says dead, I will allow the bird to go free. But if he says the bird is alive, I will crush it to death between my hands. Either way... He will, we will prove that he is just a stupid old man. Well, the children thought this is a brilliant plan. So the older boy caught the bird, and together they went off to the old man's house and rudely knocked on the door. The old man opened the door, and seeing the large gathering of children, he realized that something was up. The boy spoke up quickly, Old man, do you know what I have in my hand behind my back? The old man looked at the children one by one, and out of the corner of his eye, he saw a white feather fall to the ground. He answered, Yes, I do. It's a white bird. The children's eyes grew large. How in the world could he know it was a white bird? Maybe the people in the town were right all along. Well, the older boy was not to be deterred from his goal, and he quickly asked the second question. Well, that's a good guess, but is the bird dead or alive? Again, the old man looked with sad eyes at each of the children. Finally, his eyes met those of the boy, and he answered, that depends on you. The answer is in your hands. And certainly this old man was filled with wisdom and knowledge. Not only could he outfox the children, 
especially that boy, not only could he outfox them at their own game, but he was wise enough to be able to teach them an important lesson at the same time. We have the choice to do good or evil. We have the chance to choose the wisdom of God or that of the world. Which will you choose? The Hebrew scriptures provide many examples of how the Lord laid before the human race distinct options that require humans to choose between God and the world. The Genesis account of creation related how God gave Adam and Eve all that they could possibly need or want, yet they were not satisfied. Satan tempted them by claiming that they could be like God. But in reality, they were actually being asked to choose the world over God. They took the bait. They chose unwisely, seeking ambition over what they had been given. The end result was disorder and, and wickedness in the world. Later... God, in a conversation with Moses, places another fundamental choice before the great deliverer. We can read about it in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20, the second half of verse 19. It says, I have set life and death, blessings and curse before you. Now choose life so that you and your descendants will live by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by clinging to him. That's how you will survive and live long on the fertile land the Lord swore to give to you, your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, God is telling Moses that the choice for God is a choice for life. But to choose the world, well, that's the formula for death. This fundamental choice is placed before the rulers of Israel and Judah numerous times by the many prophets that were sent by God. In short, the message of the prophets is a basic choice. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, Hosea, and all the others placed before the ruling elite the choice to follow God or the way of the world. The way of the world manifests by false gods such as Baal or even more common, the false avenues of power and, and wealth and prestige. God did not simply place choices before the Hebrews, but God showed the people how to make the wise and proper decision. When Jesse parades before Samuel, his sons, to see which one has been chosen by God to replace Saul, he does not even consider the youngest, David, because he's young. In other words, he just doesn't look the part. God, however, corrects this attitude, saying to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, 
because I have rejected him, for the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. That's 1 Samuel 16, 7. God is telling Samuel and Jesse that they must not look at what the world considers important when selecting a king, but that which God deems to be valuable. As always, the choice is clear, the world or God. Jesus, in his ministry, also provided many examples of the need to choose God over the world. We recall the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector, you know, the, the, the former thought himself important because of his perceived righteousness, while the latter only beat his breast and admitted his sinfulness. Jesus is clear in Luke's gospel, chapter 18 and verse 14. He says, I tell you this, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Humility comes from God. Arrogance comes from the world. Matthew, Mark, Luke, they report the story of Jesus' encounter with this rich young man who was challenged to divest himself of his wealth. Again, in essence, it is once again, a choice between God and the world. Jesus provides a great challenge to those who are attached to the world. Matthew chapter 19, beginning at verse 23, we read, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And then Jesus continues, For mortals it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. You see, clearly Jesus is telling his disciples that they must choose, that they must choose God and not the world. Lastly, Jesus himself gives the challenge of choosing the world or God after his baptism. He chose to go to the desert to prepare himself for his public ministry. There, Satan tempted him with three great challenges that have always faced humanity, power, wealth, and prestige. And in each case, Jesus rejected the world, saying that the things of God, that the things of God were more important. We must make the same choice. James, as one of the select disciples of Jesus, took seriously his master's challenge and passed it on to his readers, including you and me. He begins this passage by basically asking the people how they understand wisdom and understanding. James chapter 3, beginning at verse 18, uh, 13 to 18. Are any of you wise and understanding? Show that your actions are good with a humble lifestyle that comes from wisdom. However, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, 
then stop bragging and living in the ways that deny the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. Instead, it is from the earth, natural and demonic. Wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there is disorder in everything that is evil. What of wisdom from above? First, it is pure and then peaceful, gentle, obedient, filled with mercy and good actions, fair and genuine. Those who make peace sow the seeds of justice by their peaceful acts. In a rhetorical manner, he answers his own questions by suggestion, suggesting that there are two possible responses. One, one form of wisdom, he says, is characterized by envy and selfish ambition in one's heart, boastfulness and lack of sincerity. That is the earthly, unspiritual, uh, devilish. It's an understanding of life that creates disorder and wickedness of all kinds. James, as a contemporary of Jesus, he wrote from the personal experience of what such an earthly attitude had done in Christ's ministry. He says there is, however, a second form of wisdom. That pattern of life comes from God. This is what James wishes to emphasize. He provides some powerful words to describe the wisdom of God. First, he says it's pure, it's peaceable and gentle. God's wisdom is not tainted by the world, but rather seeks the good of all. Next, he suggests that God's wisdom is willing to yield and is full of mercy. God's wisdom, in other words, watches over the individual where the world's wisdom often unceremoniously runs a person over. God's wisdom yields and gives people freedom. And when one makes a mistake, God's for, God forgives them. Where the world is often very unforgiving and intolerant. James says God's wisdom is without a trace of partiality or poor hypocrisy. In other words, God is inclusive, not exclusive like the world. God's wisdom does not differentiate all are God's children. Finally, the apostle says that those who demonstrate the wisdom of God will manifest peace and yield a harvest of righteousness. James provides the proper means to choose God over the world. First, we must submit to God. Submission does not mean we violate our free will. We should choose to make God and God's wisdom the pattern of our lives. Next, we are told to resist evil and Satan will flee and to draw close to God and God will draw close to us. We must therefore seek the wisdom that God can provide and then all other things will fall into place. James' message that contrasts these two forms of wisdom is an excellent example of the dilemma that we have in exercising one of the greatest gifts given us by God, namely the opportunity to choose. Animals have no choice. 
Even the most intelligent of God's creation operates on instinct. They are programmed to do whatever they do. However, humans, we are given free will. God does not demand compliance. We are never placed in handcuffs or a straitjacket so as to force our actions. Free will, that quality, along with the ability to think, which separates us from the rest of God's creation, always, always must be used judiciously and wisely. Thus, we might ask, why does the world suffer? Why do pain and problems and, and suffering exist in such abundance in the world? We all believe that God is all good, all love, full of compassion, and all powerful. This is how we define God. Thus, the question bears repeating, why does our world suffer? Why do wars exist and people die in innocence? Why do people in positions of public trust commit acts that cause others not only to lose faith in the individual, but to lose faith in the system as well? Why do people fight one another? And the only question between them is the color of their skin, their political preference, or their religious belief. The basic answer to these challenging questions is personal choice. Our free will to choose the wisdom of the world or that of God at any time in any way. Kierkegaard, the famous 19th century existentialist, philosopher, and theologian once wrote, Faith is a matter of choice. Our personal decision in finding God. This personal decision, our free will, is why the world suffers. It is free will that allows the drunk to drive and kill others. It is free will that allows people in public service to break the law and thus lower the integrity of the system. It is free will that places certain members and groups in societies on the fringe and does not allow them to participate. Free will moves us closer to or further from God. As Kierkegaard wrote, it is our decision. Faith is our choice. And as God said to Abraham, I place before you death and life, thus choose life. And too often, we willingly choose the world and thus death. But if we wish, we can choose the wisdom of God and life. Yes, we must use our gift of free will wisely to always choose God's wisdom over that of the world. Often we hesitate. We are unsure of how far we can go or how much we are willing to risk. Thus we balk and we end up missing opportunities. A little story illustrates how our tendency to hesitate can lead to loss. Three wise men were encouraged to experience what others called the cave of wisdom in life. They made careful preparations for what would be a challenging and arduous journey. When they reached the cave, they noted a guard at the entrance. They were not permitted to enter the cave until they had spoken with the guard. He had only one question for them, but he insisted that they answer 
only after talking it over amongst themselves. He assured them that they would have a good guide to lead them through the various regions of the cave. His question was simple. How far into the cave of wisdom and life do you wish to go? Well, the three travelers discussed the question and then returned to the guard. They said, we do not want to enter very far. We only want to venture far enough to say we have been there. The response of the guard manifested none of the disappointment that he felt as he summoned a guard to lead them into the cave. And then he watched as they set out to make their trip back to their own land. You see, the children in the story when we began were wrong. The old man was not nasty and dumb. On the contrary, that old man had great wisdom and prudence. And at the same time, he was a great teacher. Let us consider the options that stand before us. Let's have the courage to go forward, confident of God's presence with us. May we always choose wisely the wisdom of God if we can do that. And the Bible says, great will our reward be in heaven. Let us pray. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for these moments we have spent today in your word. Father, I pray, particularly for those that are watching me right now, they're in the valley of decision, faced with choices, the world's option and your option. Father, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, they may be guided to choose life and choose to live it more abundantly. Thank you for everything you do for us. Bless each and every viewer. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. On each and every program, we like to offer our viewers a gift, a resource, something to become part of your spiritual library to help you in this spiritual journey we are all on, working to better understand God's will for our life. And Today we have a little book here. It's a little booklet. It's called Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life. We'd love to send you uh, this little booklet as a gift from us. Uh, these, these gifts, for the benefit of those that maybe are watching us for the very first time, are made available through the generosity of our donors. There's no obligation whatsoever on your part. The gift is free. It will arrive at your home in the mail, postage paid. We expect nothing from you in return. It's a gift. And so um, if you would like to request this gift, and it can be in your home within a few short days. Well, listen carefully to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, 
Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. Truly appreciate you tuning in each and every week. Uh, just before we go, a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Uh, I know that sometimes when you call in for the gifts, we can't get to you because we're inundated with calls. If you leave a voicemail, you can make it a lot easier for us if you would kindly leave on the voicemail your mailing address. This way we can take that information off the voicemail and get the gift out to you as quickly as possible. If uh, you've requested a gift and it has never showed up, contact us, email me, bill at l4ltv.com. Tell me which gift it was. We'll do everything possible to get that out to you. Some have gone out of stock. and We're trying to replenish, so there might be a wait. But contact me, bill at l4ltv.com, and we'll do our best to get that gift out to you. Remember our website, l4ltv.com. All of the previous programs are on the website. There's a Donate Today tab. You can go on there. You can make a donation by credit card or Interact Debit. We are a charitable organization, so you will get a tax-deductible receipt for income tax purposes as you donate to our ministry. Be well aware that all of the money gets put back into the ministry, directly paying for airtime and studio time and gifts. None of that comes to me or my family in terms of any kind of bonus or salary. Uh, I get paid, I pastor a church, I get paid a salary from that. All of the money that is donated to this ministry goes straight right back into the ministry. And so I wanted you to know that in case you're considering making a donation. Follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Every morning I put out a one-minute devotional video. You can get that by following me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, go to SoundCloud, download an audio of today's program, carry it with you on your phone. You can listen to it at your convenience. Let me quickly jump to another aspect of our ministry, which is our humanitarian, overseas humanitarian work. You can learn about that on the website called missionnowcanada.com. We have projects ongoing right now that we're sponsoring in the Philippines, in Paraguay, in Nicaragua. If you want to be part of one of those projects, either as a participant, you can find that out, or as a donor, you can also donate on the missionnowcanada.com website. We are rapidly running out of time. I want to thank you again for watching. Share the program with friends and family. 
so that we can grow our television audience. We would appreciate your help in doing that. Well, next time we plan on being here, being the, be the good Lord willing, we hope you will join us also. Until then, God bless you. See you back here again real soon.